Hey, what's up, guys? On today's episode of Stories, we are kicking off Silverstein Week, and uh, the boys have a new video coming out on uh, April 15th, so this works out great. Uh, Today, we have my man Paul Kohler, drummer extraordinaire from Silverstein, one of the best guys, just such a business-minded individual. He's so smart on so many levels in this industry, and... I just got mad respect for this dude, as I do for the rest of the band. So uh, check it out. So, dude, all right. So I know you guys just got abducted by aliens uh, not that long ago. I talked to Josh the day after you escaped. And, uh, yeah, what you guys have been... What what's been what's been up for people that might not know what's been up in the Silverstein world? How have you guys been? I know how twenty twenty started for you, so let's give a little bit of that, and then just what you guys have been doing since then. Cool, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so twenty twenty uh, started off with a bang. You know, I feel like we we dropped some of the biggest best songs that we've ever uh, delivered, and right into a pretty big campaign that we had worked a long time on. We pretty much worked a year putting together a tour and a new album on top of each other for like the biggest joint campaign we could possibly imagine, which had a worldwide tour, which had so many more dates that didn't even get announced, but a really big campaign that was so tour driven. And so about the 20 year anniversary celebration, which was something that we looked forward to for a long time. And I think a milestone that a lot of artists never really get to celebrate. Um, you know, and we were fortunate enough, though, like we still did Australia, Philippines, Hawaii. We did UK and Germany and and about eight shows in North America before it all stopped. And they were all like the biggest and best shows we'd ever performed at that time. So you really can't complain having done that. I think if we were a band that say we're just in the studio and it didn't even get to that first show, it'd be so much harder because you'd like at least want to try a little bit of it. Um, but yeah, so that, that was the start of 2020, which was good. And then it was, it kind of was a, this halt that was like one day we're like getting ready to go to the next city. And the next day I'm being dropped off at my house by the tour bus. Unsure if the world's ever going to be safe again, if we'll ever play a show again, if what's ever going to happen. So it was a really uncertain time. And, uh, I think for all of us, the first couple of weeks of that was like sitting back and like, well, I'm home. I'm not supposed to be, but you know, that's fine. Okay. We've never had to cancel shows before or postpone shows. And we just sat at home for a couple of weeks. And it was like, kind of that, like, uh, you feel like you're on vacation that you didn't want to be on. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, it got more frustrating and more upsetting that we didn't know what was happening really. And it seemed like the communication wasn't there. Um, but quickly, I think we pulled it together and started putting together some really cool projects. And everything we did from about May onward was stuff we never had planned until the moment. And that really kept us busy up until literally yesterday. I wow. Think. Damn, dude. And yeah, well, I mean, dude, you guys have always been. I mean, I've talked about it with the other guys on here. You guys have, there's the Silverstein way where you guys just make it happen. And it's just like, you know, and you're, you're the manager, correct? Like you manage the band. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it kind of hit me twofold though. Right. Because I think like as a manager, I'd planned a lot of stuff and then was also shifting into rescue mode of how do I, you know, keep things afloat as well as keep promoting the record and keep like the band out there when 
the one thing we know how to do is play shows and, and the industry is so driven around playing shows, but also as the artist who just wanted to go and perform. Mm -hmm. So I really felt it twice, I think a little bit, um, which was unexpected, unfortunately, and, and, and not the greatest of feelings. Um, but I think, yeah, like once the frustration moved to determination of succeeding, it became this thing of like everything that we're told we can't do and we find something else to do was like a check mark. It was like, okay, we're really, you know, we're figuring this out, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, uh, and that was cool because I feel like there's a lot of people that are not supporting the entertainment industry during this time. And a lot of us have found ways to do it anyways. And I feel really proud of, of the ability to overcome that stuff. Yeah, man. And like, I mean, like I said, like you guys kind of have like always done that and it was, you know, yeah, the pandemic was like, it happened and I was like, oh shit. Okay. Well, I guess I'm not going to be on tour up until like December 20th this year. Like, cause my year, my 2020 was like, it was, I was booked the entire year. I had no yeah. reason to look for another a job at all. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. I got, I got all these tours and I'm going from tour to tour hopping, you know, doing it back and forth. And yeah, it was, but you know, in hindsight, I looked at it and I looked at the schedule that I was going to be having and I was like, yeah, it might've been better that I didn't go full steam like that because you know, it's, that's, you know, as far as mental health goes with that stuff, it's yeah. I don't know, I don't know if I would have been able to, it would have definitely caught up to me at one point, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so easy to, to go on a tour, come home and, uh, and just use that to quickly catch your breath, but not to really fully, uh, take care of yourself or decompress or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so easy to say, yes. I mean, we've always said yes to pretty much 90% of the stuff <laughs> that comes our way. Yep. And the only reason you say no is if it's a wedding, a funeral, uh, you know, or somebody booked a vacation that well in advance, because usually we have to even think about that stuff before you can plan any kind of event. So it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, it really is crazy that I think so often people don't realize that um, artists plan, but they also just kind of keep getting stuff and saying yes to it a lot of the time. Yeah. I hope people realize that like uh, their favorite artists are just as insecure and just as like worried about life as they are. And I think that's, I mean, at least that's my, I've gathered that like there's nobody I've met on tour that like, if they totally give off the, Oh yeah, no, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't, you know, if they give off that vibe, I'm like, you're full of shit. Like, you know, like, yeah. Even, I mean, confidence is, is hard to have, especially in such like an um, insecure role and insecure, like job. I mean, like it, it there's like no, even being the biggest artist in the world, there's no guarantee that people will buy tickets or buy your albums, mm -hmm. right? Like you hope and, and you can predict, mm -hmm. but you don't really know. But if you have like a steady, well-paying job with an employer that respects you, you can show up every day and there's a better chance that's going to go well all the time, you know? So mm -hmm. I think, and then I think also like you're putting a lot on the line emotionally to be able to perform, to be able to write your lyrics or whatever it is that like, you know, most jobs, they don't like ask like, how are you feeling today? You know, can you write me a poem about it? Like, that's what songwriting is. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're you right, know, man. like, and, and if it's not good enough, then if your poem isn't sincere enough, people are like, well, we don't like you now. And it's like, that's a pretty harsh reality of, of music judgment. 
But most jobs are just like, yeah, we don't care how you feel or what you did last night. Just go do the work that we tell you to do. So exactly, bro. The music industry is a lot different, uh, definitely in, in handling that stuff. But it really I mean, is. I think I think it's been a welcomed uh, kind of step back for for a lot of the industry, and I think. Um, a lot of things are going to change. I think people are going to have a new perspective on on how things are going to operate and how people plan their lives. I, I feel. I hope so, man. Because, like, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think, I think, I think humans on the whole needed to dial it back. Let's be honest here. That's my theory. Is and obviously, I didn't want a global pandemic to be the thing that uh, caused it, but <laughs> here we are. So. And I've definitely known, I've definitely noticed that some people like th- that we know have like pivoted in the good and you guys too. I mean, like I'm you guys just pivoting into like doing this whole like fun live thing that you did. Like that was dude, it was so dope, man. Like Bill gave me like a little, uh, give me the link to it. And like, oh man, it's, it's so sick. Like I loved seeing that. <laughs> and I've been listening well, I- to like the entire Silverstein discography like recently. And I'm like yeah fuck like the redux i'm like oh my god like these versions are like insane like i don't even know if i could listen to the old versions anymore (laughs) no totally i mean i mean there's all that stuff it's like a lot of artists can do this stuff they can go when they have their rights or the time period is up you can go and re-record your material and then like release it in a creative way and repackage this and redo this stuff you a lot of artists can do that i mean We've done it twice now. Taylor Swift is doing it now. It's not like small or big artists can do the same thing. Um, and then even with with all the the virtual and the live stream and stuff like that, it's like, you know, a lot of artists did it and, and it's cool. And we were like, you know, this is cool, but it's not the same. So instead of just going into an empty room and playing with no and having no clapping in between songs, let's just build out a crazy storyline story and hire actors and hire a DP and like write a script and like make a mini movie. And Oh, our, our dude will like score this soundtrack for it. And like, we'll do a whole thing around it because that's what we do. We go all in on something and have fun with it. But that's what's, what's interesting because a lot of these projects, like I said at the beginning, wouldn't have happened <clears throat> if things were normal, you yeah. know? <clears throat> and this isn't like to take away. This is, this isn't even to compliment it. It's just something to do something unique and, and our fans have responded really well to it. So whether it's us going on Twitch a couple times a week to do something really candid or doing this very high produced, like three part mini series, we're just trying to like reach fans in different parts of the world in different ways that maybe you've never even been to a show or might never ever see us live. And I think a lot of people don't realize that I feel like a vast majority of any artist fans never get to a show mm-hmm. for whatever reason, yeah. financial, geographical, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that I think we've been able to explore this stuff. And I think this stuff was coming. It was just a matter of like, we're being forced to do it all at once. Mm-hmm. That I think a lot of people figured it out really quickly. And that, that was a cool experiment I think for us to have. Okay. So I want to talk about our first tour together in 2005. Cause those both both those tours, the one with Protest the Hero and the one with uh, Hawthorne Heights, uh, Bayside, and Aiden afterwards, were like, I'll never forget those tours. They were insane. And that was also like me and you, because when I started hanging with Silverstein on that Warp Tour, I remember you were the guy I hung out with the least, because you don't smoke weed, you don't drink, <laughs> and you're 
you're always doing stuff and working on stuff. Like that's always like you're you were all to me you were always Silverstein's manager, regardless of how many managers you had. Yeah, I know, were, right? Were, I was it, managing the managers. When in 05, you were on warp tour with Hawthorne still? Yeah, with Hawthorne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. were like blowing up. And yeah, I remember that warp tour. And then after that, it was like uh, you know, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I wanna, I, I, I'm gonna tour with other bands. Like, it's, it's cool. And then it's funny that the first tour I did was with them, with you, and it was like, oh, which was okay. yeah, pretty quick after. And it's funny too, because like, yeah, we were just higher Americans. Like, I'm sure there were some great Canadians, but I think our whole crew rolling into 05, definitely 06, and oh. all that was definitely would have been like all, uh, all Americans. Well, dude, much. in 05, I no, I think me and Bame. We're the only Americans. I guess I was. Well, yeah. Because you had Kate, oh, because Ke- Kevin, Kevin and Sean. Kevin. Yeah, and that was it. Oh, it was just, yeah, four, it was true, just yeah. four of us, right? Kevin, Sean, yeah, yeah. Chris. So I guess it's half and half, but still, that, that's a high percentage. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like what? Oh, all right, cool. Like oh, I oh wait, I got to go to Canada with you guys too, and I think yeah. it was like yeah, but that tour was that was a wild time because like again, like you, I think you had just been recently single, and it was just. You know, we, I think, you know, we were young. We were fucking 23 years. You were 22. I was 23. Yeah. Crazy. We were fucking children, man. And it's, it's crazy to yeah. think back on that tour and kind of get everybody's different perspective on it of like, but I mean, you, I think have the clearest brain out of anybody about the whole <laughs> thing because, you know, I mean, Bill now drinks wine and beer and, you know, his thing yeah. and he eats meat. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, oh. Oh five, even the Canadian tour. I mean, I think it was still like the album just come out, had just come out. I yes. think discovering the waterfront. Mm-hmm. So it was maybe a month old. It was in Canada, which is like every Canada show feels like a local show, even if you're in Ottawa or Montreal. It just feels like so familiar. It's like mm-hmm. there's the Tim Hortons, there's like people you know almost at every show. Yep. So yeah, so that stuff, and then um, yeah, and in the fall, the the big U.S. tour, right, with with Hawthorne. Yeah. Oh my God, that was crazy, man. I mean, you know, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, like there was definitely like we, we, you know, went through some shit on that tour. Uh, with that, <clears throat> yeah, we definitely went through something that was uh, something that a lot of 23, 25 year old men might not have to go through. And I think we all, the only, I think the only reason we were all able to get through it was because we had each other. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's experience like that that'll bond people quicker um, and also make you grow up a lot faster, you know? And I think, um, you know, it's like you want to try to look at that and take as much positivity out of a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. But it definitely, I think, was like, hey, like, enjoy the moment you have today because you never know what will be taken away from you. Mm-hmm. So where a lot of bands might just get caught up in the, like, not taking it or taking it too much for granted or like not enjoying it. It was like, Hey, like this is real. This is important. Um, look, look at what's around you. And, and, and I think it really helped us focus on why we were doing it and, and kept us going, you know, but I mean, it was a terrific, like a horrible like experience, like, um, to go through Mm -hmm. together. Um, but at least we went through it together, you know, at least we had each other. And I think like, you know, people's perceptions of what goes on on tour, like, vary from many things. Like, I've had people be like, yo, man, oh, man, the girls. I'm like, what? what? Yeah, where are the, wait, what? There's girls? Like, where are they? <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's, you know, and the whole, like, drugs and booze and stuff. I mean, like, yeah, it's like you never did any of that. And I 
you know, I, you know, I drank, but I never did anything more than smoke pot. So it was like, yeah, the real stuff that happened on the tour is the moments of like, all right, man, like we're a bunch of young fucking men and you know, this happened. So how are we going to get through it together? And I think we really all kind of like bonded together without even knowing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think I flashback to like standing in the parking lot in like Wyoming, just like pacing, like on the phone, like unsure of like what's happening, sitting in that hotel room, like just, you know, <clears throat> making the slow drive out to California to resume the tour, flying back to New York for the funeral. It was like just like a weird week. And then it was like, do we keep playing? Do we not? Like, how do we? How do we honor, but how do we also respect the fans? How do we do everything? It was like a lot of fast des- decisions and really no one guiding us, really. You know what I mean? It was like, no, no, I feel like our bus driver was probably the most father figure we had at the time. Like we didn't really have, um, <clears throat> I mean, the label was obviously upset, but they weren't, I think they just wanted us to keep playing shows. Then they really saw much else other than that. And, mm. you know, even to the point at the end of the tour when like, you know, Anthony and Jack joined back up on the tour and it rode in our bus, right. Playing acoustically. And like, mm-hmm. that was the determination, like God, like two weeks after and just like ball, all of us bawling oh, our dude. eyes out them on stage. Like, at, like as soon as they start, we'd all go up in the crowd and watch. And it was just like, and then it was like thinking to yourself, like, I'm just so grateful to be here. And then when you'd go on stage and then Shane would say something and then we'd all start bawling again. And we were just like, God, oh, we got to get through our set. And, yeah. But it was just like a whole, a whole thing. And then you come home and you're like, okay, like I'm just glad to be here and playing music. So let's go and kill it. Let's go and do it, do what we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause we have the ability to, I think. Yeah, man. And I think a lot of, I think, uh, yeah, we, we cried a lot. There was a lot of tears in that tour and it was good. It, it's good. But you know what? That's good that we got it out because I, that's one of those things like since then I've kind of, I mean, not now, but like there was definitely a chunk of time where I was like way more like after that, like a few years where I was like, oh, I'm not showing my emotions ever, ever. No, no, no. And then, you know, just going to therapy and talking about that and like talking about what happened in 05 to hit to him and all that stuff. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like I got to feel things. I should feel things like it, regardless of like, if I feel stupid about crying, it's not stupid to cry. It's fine. Like, especially yeah. if like shit is happening and it's like, well, you know, ba- back, back then though, like you gotta think what, so what about 16 years ago, I guess now, which is crazy, but like, yeah, there was no conversation about this kind of stuff. It's like, oh, I feel down today or I feel off or I'm upset. It's like, no one had a conversation about what that meant or why you might be feeling that way or how mm-hmm. this lifestyle might be over-exaggerating those feelings. No one was there kind of educating that stuff, mm. um, which is crazy. Yeah. And a lot of, it's definitely going on tour just buries it or it doesn't deal with it or whatever. So, mm-hmm. but when, yeah, something, when something like that happens on tour in your safe place, you know, tour is our safe place, but it's like, Oh shit, we, we have to, talk about this and i think the decision to keep going i don't i don't think that was a bad i you know beats would have been like are you fucking crazy motherfuckers you gotta go yeah. like keep no no going. yeah we we took i feel like in like a good amount of days off we, we kind of regrouped and when it felt right we kind of did it you know but i think i think there was that moment i remember being like do we just go home now like how do we you know but it's like what is that gonna that's not gonna f- fix this that going home won't fix it 
you know? I, like, if it could, we would have instantly. Hey guys, here at Stories, we support family-owned small businesses. With that said, we want to promote our friends over at Purgatory Roasters in Middletown, Connecticut, and they want to give you a discount on their amazing coffee. Use the code STORIES for 15% off your purchase at purgatoryroasters.com. They are open for in-person service as well at their facility in Middletown, Connecticut. It's in the Factory Square building. So if you're on the East Coast, check that out. Also, they're all about punk rock and skateboarding and and I'm all about both those things, and I love their coffee. It is amazing. Check it out. Get the discount. 15% off stories. PurgatoryRoasters.com For me, like, I just remember at the wake, there was a fuck, like, it was like trying to get into a secret show or something. Like, the amount of people that were there... Whoa, it was, cr- dude, and it was in a, in a good way to where, like, that's how much beats meant to a lot of people, and, like, I remember speaking to his father, and that was, that was tough, but, but for me, I looked at it at, like, even at 23, I was like, yeah, it's tough for me, but I, I lost a friend, but this man lost a son, and he's telling me, like, oh, yeah, no, you guys, you, yeah, you guys shouldn't stop. There's no, you, you should definitely keep going. I'm glad that you guys are going. And I'm like, whoa, okay, yeah. wow. If if you're saying that, then I think we're good. Like, yeah, totally. I'm not really too worried about that. But, I, I mean, the rest of the tour after that, I think, was just definitely, like, I remember everything about it. I remember so much. And I just remember, like, yeah, all of us just, like, bonding together and just getting through it because that's all we could fucking do, you know, because... It was one of those things, you'd see somebody crying every day. You'd see more than fucking three people crying at any point during yeah. the day, and like all you can do is be there for them and just be like, yo, man, like we're still here. It's it's okay. Like it's it sucks, but it's gonna be alright, you know? So that was an intense first tour to start on. So I think we bonded like yeah. it was instant. It was like, okay, we're gonna be friends forever. <laughs> it, it, even yeah, it was such a contrast in in uh maybe personalities and even just ways of life. But I think, I think the opposites attracted, I think in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? Like you, you could, you could, you know, I I could handle a drunk Danny. I could handle, you know, you could handle me, you know, just eating lots of Taco Bell. Like we just, we just worked it out and it was fine. Yeah. Um, But I remember at the time, yeah. I remember the time, like you were going through your own stuff and me and you were like, we ended up talking about it like every day and yeah. like, and it was like, oh, all right, cool. Like, yeah, this guy, this guy doesn't, doesn't do the things I do. We're a little different, but like at the end of the day, we're, we're very similar too. It's like you take out the alcohol in the pot and it's like, we're not that <laughs> yeah, different. For, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah. Then it just kind of sped up. Oh, six was like nuts. I think like, some of the most dates we did in a year, probably at that time was the most, I can't remember exactly, but it, that whole run oh, for us, Oh, four or five, Oh six was like the most in a row. Mm-hmm. I think that we ever did. Um, and, and graduating to buses too. Like that was like going full time to a bus all the time and having a crew and doing the thing international and all that stuff. Right. Oh man. And that was such a good time because Oh six was like the first tour of Oh six was simple plan in europe and that yeah. was my first time in europe and i couldn't believe i you were you guys were like yeah you're gonna come to europe with us and i was like what like 
I am and you're like well do you want to like it's a job like, <laughs> uh, I think the only place I never went with you guys was like Australia and Japan that was it that was <laughs> it bless you <laughs> because, yeah yeah totally because um, that's yeah, the same yeah. like yeah like Gaslight brought me there but also like they brought me there uh, like three times and I was like dude I've done nothing all three of these times what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah no no totally yeah I mean I mean even for us I think because in 05 we did just the UK and Germany I think right but then that and was then, so then it, the never sleep again tour and yeah so like, you didn't you didn't yeah. do that with us yeah so um but then yeah 06 the top was like simple plan but that was a full europe so that was our first time doing all of europe and no uk it was no uk i no I, uk I, yeah I never i didn't go to the uk for the first time until whatever we went there the next year you know or whatever like 07 i think right or did we do? Yeah, we might have done festivals mm. in the summer. I don't know. It's like Bill has yeah, the, the fucking list compiled on that yeah, yeah, website. Totally, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, the simple plan like literally was everywhere. It was like Spain, Italy, France, uh, Scandinavia, like Switzerland. All... Like it was nuts. <clears throat> I could not believe it, that. <laughs> and, and that tour, I feel like was so coming off of like a really emotional tour, mm-hmm. having done stuff like Warp Tour, which is again like boot camp, but then. Touring with Simple Plan, seeing like a really professional band put together a really professional set, mm-hmm. it was like eye opening for us. I think it was like, okay, we want to be like that. Yeah. And I think like a lot of bands in our scene and in our world too, we're touring with like punk and hardcore bands. So we never saw that. And I think that really helped us be like, okay, we want to build a show. Mm-hmm. And that I think, you know, over time, we always went back to that of like the way they carried it and stuff like that. I thought that was a really important lesson in our in our career and and we became friends with those guys for life like we yeah. just had pierre sing on our latest record which was amazing yeah. like Dude, you know so like and so many years later it was like do you want to do this yeah sure like instantly said yes and and um it's great and ran into those guys all over the world you know and, and doing this still so it's yeah. really really awesome same i've run into them so i ran into david like oh, fuck it was at Oshiaga one year. It was one of the time. It was like me and Cheapy's like yearly hangout at Oshiaga. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I ran into David and like, it was just great. Cause he was like, oh my God, wait, wait, I know you. And I was like, yeah, bro. Like <laughs> I have a beard now. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But yeah, that was awesome, man. Like those guys took, they, they took care of us really well too. Yeah. Totally. They, like they made sure like we were dialed in and it was, you know, and again, I didn't know what the fuck was going like being a vegan and you're a vegetarian in Europe for the first time. I was like, where guys, where do we, where do we go? <laughs> like, and you were like, <laughs> Burger King has a veggie burger. I was like, dope. Okay. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. 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 But then, and then what did we do after that? We did the not possible tour in the U S <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We did a bunch. Oh no, we did take action. We did not uh, possible take before taste- take action. Remember not possible. Yeah. yeah that was with like us yeah. stretch and, Okay, so so do you remember? I I, I I gotta highlight a story. Oh God! On the Simple Plan tour, yes, we had the bus driver who we nicknamed um, Not Possible. Yeah, yeah, but Owen, he looked like that Owen actor, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. He looked like Owen Wilson, but like kind of kind of a little bit off. And yes. do you remember the one day we were in traffic? I want to say it was in France. And we we're driving down the highway, like bumper to bumper, really, really slow. And we're all sitting kind of up there. And it's like 
the driver area is all like open concept. Yeah. And the driver gets up from behind the wheel, walks over to the fridge, grabs a Red Bull, opens it up, takes a step. The bus <laughs> is still moving, like slowly, but moving down the highway and goes and sits down and we go, we could have got that for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like not possible. Dude. And you're just like, what? <laughs> like, what did you do? Why? Like, that was the most ridiculous moment. I was like, Europe is crazy. That, <laughs> that guy was crazy. And you know what's funny? Shane pretty much told the same exact story almost really? verbatim so, on the podcast without me prompting him. He just brought it up. So, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, like, you know, like the whole thing about like memories and like everyone says, like, yeah, you're you don't really remember anything like there's like that whole thing mm-hmm. it's like the fact that we all remember the same thing independently guarantees that it happened yes because if it's just in my mind i was a bit worried that i made it up but no. i think that's real no. that's 100 percent. that's real. also proof that you haven't listened to any episodes and shame on you <laughs> how dare you <laughs> <laughs> but i mean obviously why do you want to listen to shane talk you hear him talk all the fucking time like yeah, it's fine it's like you know so much stories uh but yeah, no. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And then it was crazy. Like, yeah, it was just like new experience after new experience from like, and then like what, six months later, we're playing, not even four months later, we're, we're playing Taste of Chaos mm-hmm. in arenas, hockey arenas, like where the professional NHL plays, we're playing shows and outselling merch out of the entire lineup of bands. Yes. To yes. the degree of like, everyone's like, how are you like, you're second on main stage and you have the biggest crowd and the biggest merch line. Yes insanity uh, overnight and this is like overnight our album's been out for less than a year at this point and i think on that tour uh, we had three shirts and a hoodie and that was it like we didn't have much like Like, we had we had limits and that was great for me because i was like sick (laughs) we only have four things we're gonna keep selling it (laughs) but like it was like every night it was fucking madness and that was the fun the funny thing was that tour was kenny was your drum tech uh, was, uh, yeah, remember? Because he had to come out last minute because we got rid of the other drum tech. Um, yeah, or, or no, I, I've yeah. had a lot of moments like that with like rotating drum techs. It's like we just need, and then finally got Spencer. It was like more of a permanent solution. But yeah, we had that one kid. We just had to eventually like say, you gotta go, man. Like you're yeah. just, ah, uh, you're. I don't. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We won't mention his name on here because I don't want to make. Yeah, no, it's fine. But yeah, it was yeah. just we kind of all. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. So work. Kenny did. Kenny came out like Did last Kenny come minute. like Kenny flew yeah, into, just for taste of chaos. Kenny flew into Salt Lake City because I remember like you were like, "Do uh, we need a drum tech?" And I was like, "Uh, I was like, well, Kenny's a guitar tech, and Kenny had designed some <laughs> of the best Silverstein designs before yeah. that at this point, and he still did." So I was like, uh, "I was like, uh, yeah, let me see if he knows how to do drum stuff." And then I obviously was like, oh, yeah, like he has a drum kit. Like he wants to be a drummer, but he's just a guitar player. <laughs> and, and that, so that was temporary then because then Rich would have joined later in 06, right? For 06 Warped well, Tour, I think Rich joined. Yes, Rich came drum in. Tech. So what happened was Kenny did drums. He did he teched on Taste of Chaos, which ended up fine. It was good. He, he yeah. for, a guitar, for a guitar player, he came in and knew what the fuck he was doing with drums. And then I remember... This is when we like had way too many crew where it was like there's too many people out here like but we're all friends yeah. and you were like uh, yeah. you offered it to him who no you no 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 he was Neil's guitar tech 
Yes, he was Neil's guitar tech on. Yeah, because we had we did like the two guitar tech thing pretty early on. I, think, <laughs> yeah, I feel he like. did. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of bands do that. Like to be fair, like a lot of bands like that. Well, that well we used to have like everyone had like two amps and they had backup stuff and they had all this guitar. Like it was all real gear and like mm-hmm. crazy pedal boards and backup pedals and backup this and like now everything's all digital and it's all like plug and play. But like back then, it was nuts you know and it would always stop working and we'd always have issues so yeah you know and it's fine but yeah yeah but kenny was neil's guitar tech on that warp tour and then i think kevin was kevin was obviously with josh and bill and rich was your tech and who else did we did we have cheapy song merch on that probably he sold it with me yes and then that was when him and rich got deported yeah, yeah i remember that okay and then, oh yeah uh, yeah <laughs> that was fucking crazy and then that was it i think i think we only had that right like that was that would have been me yeah that, that's rich. and then sean i guess Kenny, right and sean then, yeah sean yeah. was there too yeah so it was like yeah. five or six crew it was like nuts and we've always been a band that like likes to just we kind of have that whole like posse mentality. It's mm-hmm. like, we just feel good hanging out with other people that we like. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if they can fill a role, it's great, you know? Yeah. And I think like we carried that mentality for the next five or six years of like, well, how many spots are on the bus? Like you got to put a, a pal in there, yep. give him a job. <laughs> and, then, and then before we hit kind of the like, Oh, maybe this is a bad idea yeah, financially spending money to hang out with our friends. But yeah, no, I mean like, but yeah, now it's like, who's your crew. It's like, you got Spencer and, uh, I mean, it, it, it kind of changes a little bit, which, which is fine. But, uh, yeah, I mean like we had a great crew, uh, leading up to, uh, to when COVID happened, we had Spencer drum tech, our, our buddy Kyle doing guitar tech, um larry selling merch mm-hmm. um we had quinn as our ld oh um, right yeah who, who also does like devil Wars prada and mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff and then ben wilcox who does newfound he does a bunch of stuff and yeah. then us and everything like that so yeah we have we've had a, a really good crew for the last like couple big uh headliners and stuff like that when did danny bounce danny harvey he at the end of 2018 oh, okay because he was, was his last for a while. tour he was with you guys yeah. for a minute. Yeah, because we were going to do one more tour mm-hmm. and then take some time off. And then so that one more tour in 2019, Ben came in. And then we we had a pretty light year. We just did one summer tour, the ABR tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had like a, again, kind of like a fill-in guy. We had Travis do uh, front of house TM. That's the thing too, like with the bandwagon, less people, less room, less people. Yeah. Support tour, keep it pretty light. Um, yeah, so we did that for that. And uh yeah, in the 2020, we were we were we busted it back out again, full crew and everybody. But then, yeah, you know, then that stop. happened. But I remember the, the 2019, the ABR tour because I remember we I saw in, you. Yeah, I was in Calgary <laughs> with I was on tour with Billy Idol, and I like I this was when I was before I before I left Instagram for a while. I was on Instagram and I saw like JB post something in Calgary, and I was like. I was just there. What the fuck? What the fuck? And I like Googled it and it was like, you know, I was like Silverstein, <laughs> Silverstein, Silverstein shows. And it was like tonight and Cal, I was like, <gasps> and wait, I think I hit you up. Right. I was like, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Yes. And then, yes, I told you, I was like, I'm coming to the show. Don't tell anybody I'm here. Like if you can get me in cool, it, whatever. And I remember I'm walking to the venue and I think it was Josh that jumped on my back in the middle of the street, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I just hear wee, 
and he's on my back and i like thankfully i was like i was like stood up i was like oh shit okay fuck like so he was like what the hell are you doing like what and i was like yep uh, i'm here <laughs> but that, that was it, fun it, man we, we we just talked about that that day uh on twitch other uh, like last night or whatever but um you were there for the Calgary Stampede. We were just there for a club show. But the Calgary Stampede is the most ridiculous thing ever because you have all these business guys walking around downtown with cowboy hats on. It's like <laughs> cosplay cowboy for like a week. And you're like, I'm even like sitting in these coffee shops and there's like these guys like having like kind of an impromptu business meeting like, oh, hey, David, you have the reports. And he's got a giant belt buckle and like a huge like cowboy hat. And you're like, these guys look ridiculous and they think it's completely normal. <laughs> It's like conduct life normally, but look like a cowboy for a week is like the most ridiculous thing ever. Like um, in Texas, I know that's all the time, but ha- being in a random Canadian city that's more north than than pretty much most, it's the most northern Canadian city, major city. And these guys just dress up as cowboys. It's the most ridiculous thing of all time. Well, it's hilarious. Funny thing about that, actually, I didn't know until this moment that that was a different day like that was a special ca- i was like oh calgary yeah they're cowboys they all fucking or you just thought they're always yeah, cowboys like, no that's what makes it so much more ridiculous it's like in, in texas right you know you could be in san antonio mm-hmm. you go to a bar there's probably a guy with a cowboy hat on you say how do you do right mm-hmm. but this is like canada like a bunch of hockey hosers like oh yeah eh? oh yeah, i got my my cowboy hat on for the day so ridiculous it's the most ridiculous thing ever i mean it's like i i literally just assume that t- i i always assume this is ignorance but i always assume that calgary was just like the texas of canada like some people it, it is they yeah. kind of adopted that i mean the the yeah the whole thing it's the biggest rodeo in north america bigger than texas and it couldn't be further away Uh, but they love it. Hey, do you guys like Pilsners? Do you like IPAs? Do you like Stouts? Do you like beer in general? If yes, then we have the place for you. Be sure to visit DecadentAles.com to browse their current selection available for pickup and shipping. And make sure to use the code STORIES for 10% off your order. That's S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S for 10% off your order. They currently ship to 10 states plus Washington, D.C. Or you can visit their tap room located in Mamaroneck, New York, a short 30-minute train ride from New York City. Once again, that code is STORIES, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S, and follow Deccan Ales on Instagram. So, like, 2009 was a great... Because what did we do earlier that year? We did, Oh, no, we did the... That was Winnipeg when I got drunk and, and stormed out of the Olive Garden because I was mad at... I was mad at our tour manager, and somehow I took it out on you because I was like, I, I don't know what the fuck, wow, I'm out of here. And I walked the wrong direction, and it was funny because you were the only sober one, and you had to pick me up in the van. <laughs> yeah, that was in the time of our career where, like, our agents started booking shows that were, like, some of them were, like, too good to be true, and they definitely were. Mm-hmm. And and so you play some weird places and some shows that were, like, not good. Or like guarantees that were like really good, but no one was there. It was a really weird time for like the industry, I think, until we all kind of realized like what's our path. Uh, so 29 was a, was a really weird time for that. But it's like such a mixed match of shows. Like 
some of the international stuff we did to the warp tours, to the headline stuff, to <clears throat> more headline stuff, to then, to then going to Europe again with Billy talent, Oh God. Uh, which was our biggest European shows ever and still mm-hmm. are t- as of today. Uh, but that was a great experience too. That was insane because I remember before that. So, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that, but yeah. we did the tour with the day to remember in Canada, like, where it was, it was, was it co-headlining or were you guys headlining? Yes. Co-headlining. We were headlining. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we were headlining closing every night. Yeah. And it was like, it was at the point where like, they were just getting so big, but somehow we squeezed this last one in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was like in the U S they were already doing like, Oh yeah. 2000 plus tickets <clears throat> sold out. So, and now they're direct support to us in Canada and some rooms that weren't even that big. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was a crazy time, dude. And then Brendan opened that tour, which was awesome. Thank you. That was a that was a big favor for you guys for for doing that. Uh, but yeah, and then I remember there was a show on that tour, and I know you remember this, the one in Wyoming. Yeah, where the woman, it was like it was one of those things to where you got. I think I'll never forget <laughs> this about you guys because this kind of just speaks to who you are as people. This woman basically like took out a loan from the bank to do this show to pay you and all that shit. And Un- unbeknownst to us, like un- we didn't know, yes. right? Like, yeah, 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 your agent's like, hey, do you want to play Wyoming for X amount of dollars? It's a routing show to get you out west. Okay, cool. Never <sighs> played Wyoming before. Well, let's do it. Yeah, we were right? going to Edmonton, I think. Yeah, Edmonton, that's where the tour started. It was yeah. Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember this. She was an older woman. She was like, had to be in her fifties. And I don't think she knew she definitely didn't know what the hell she was doing at all. She just probably (laughs) just got some bad advice. And I remember you guys didn't get paid because it was, that was right. Like that was like kind of your choice too, because she, the guarantee was like absurd, but also she had stuff was happening like that. Like, especially around the like Oh nine to like, 2012 there was just a bunch of those moments that we were having and a lot of bands were having and it were like like our, our agents just squeezing these people for too much or just jumping on whatever but yeah i think i don't know who sat down with her i feel like it was maybe even no, josh was or dougie. someone it was like it was dougie dougie sat down with her. it was like yes. it was like hey you just you got it don't do this again yes. like i think you need to throw the towel in <laughs> I know you're trying to have shows here. I know you're trying to be a promoter. And a lot of these promoters too, like they get, they get connected with one of our agents who represent a ton of bands Mm -hmm. and their agents treating them like, you know, like a real legit promoter. And they're like, I just want to do right by them. And it's like, honestly, this isn't for you. And I, and don't, you know, let's throw the towel in. I think it was a really convincing here. Like, just don't do this again. Yeah. (laughs) Because like, you know, like, I mean, I know some horror stories about bands who were like complete assholes to people like that. And I think that was a good moment because you guys were all like, all right, yeah, like whatever. Like we're, we just won't. And I I remember Dougie like was, was like, yeah, just, you should not do this again. Like we're going to, we're going to let, it's okay. We're not taking the money. Like you can, (laughs) you're still going to have your house, but just don't do this again. And I don't think she did. I mean, cause I, I, I that was the yeah. last show I've done in Wyoming, I think. So <laughs> in yeah, 2009. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, a lot of bands don't take the high road like that, you know, and I can think of several people that would not take that high road and just be like, well, fucking duh, 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 duh. like duh, duh, duh. you did this. Like you got yourself into this. And it's like, 
all right, bro, like, relax, like, fuck off. Like, yeah, I think the mentality for us was like, it's situation like that, or someone like shorts us some money and saying, like, no, it's not going to happen. You're like, well, I guess I just won't play here again. You know, it's so, like that was kind of the mentality. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it, that's and, not a problem uh, because, I mean, yeah. And I, I think we were just looking at like just getting to the next show. Like, it was very, we didn't really have a plan with a lot of that stuff, you know, like now things are way more like we try to be smart and calculated the best we can. But back then it was like, we just want to play as many shows as possible, go to many places as we can. And like, Oh, they don't all work out. That's okay. Let's move on. You know, like, yeah. Uh, which is cool. But like, eventually you like, you need to make sure you're not screwing yourself and make sure that you can support yourself. And mm-hmm. also that you're not killing yourself just getting through these shows. So yeah, yeah, that was a, uh, yeah. Oh, no, was a real mixed match year. Um, definitely. Yeah. That was a crazy year for me personally, just because I'll never forget 2009. I was, <laughs> I had just gotten out of like a really like, manipulative manipulative relationship with somebody who like you know was messing around on me when i wasn't around and all that stuff and it was 2009 was nuts so i was kind of like yeah like when that happened i was like with you know with my personal life like i was like all right time to lean on the steen again because I can move out of this apartment that we live in together and we're going on tour right away. So it's going to be okay. And yeah. you guys got me through that, like straight up. Well, like, we've had, we've had a lot of those situations, whether it be member of the band or member of the crew where, yeah, either they just like ended it with somebody or their apartment just went, uh, you know, didn't get renewed. And they're just like, literally the bus became the sanctuary for a lot of people in those transitions. And then it was like, well, you have six weeks to figure it out. You know, we just get on the bus and we figure it out, um, which is crazy. And some people would just jump to an extra tour, whether, I mean, that, that, that's for everyone, even, yeah, like I said, even band members and stuff, but yeah, 09 was, was a crazy year. And I think it was really closing the chapter on the first decade of the band that had a lot of highs and a lot of lows Mm -hmm. and a lot of in between, you know, like, you know, we started off as like this tiny little band that played basements and we're just happy to record a little demo and burn CDs to sell at the local shows. And then it became like, we're touring the world and we have a career and there's fans and there's like commitments and stuff like that. And then it was like, how do we feel personally? How do, how are we handling it? And like no kind of checks of that. Um, but, but for me, you know, Oh nine, I met my future wife and that was like the best thing to kind of transition me to the next decade. You know, I think it set me up to, to feel more confident to, to kind of have a purpose. It's like, okay, now I have a life at home outside of touring and I can make that a priority to kind of drive what I'm doing with this band. And I think that was a really helpful thing. And the next decade again was like kind of a rocky road career wise at the beginning. And then just kind of like kept focusing it more and more. And then we kind of took off and it was, it was really a rebuild for, for a lot of us. It, and, and you know what? It's crazy because like I was with you for, um, it was 2009. I was with you. And then a little bit in 2010 and then the 2012 ABR tour. And then, I mean, we ran into, ran, ran into each other at like festivals yeah. over the years. Like you played drums. Oh dude, I can't believe I didn't even write this in. Fuck. We got to talk about this. Fuck everything else. Like, oh my well, that's God. 2000, that's 2012, right? That's what, what you're about to talk about, I think. That was the snow. It was the summer of 2011 because it was Other? before oh, maybe, it was yeah. before the handwritten came out. It was before Gaslight Anthem's handwritten came out. Yeah. So, 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 so yeah, I mean, that's what kind of happened to you. It's like at that point, like 
bands tours got longer and some of the gaps became longer. So mm-hmm. crew and stuff would be like filling the chunks. And if things overlap, then it'd be like, Oh, you go do that tour. And then it was like, cause in 2011, you went and did your thing. 2012, when you came back, it was like, Hey, we have an eight week tour. Do you want to do it? You're like, yeah, I'm yeah. free for that. So yes. boom, easy. Right. Yeah. And it was uh, great. But yeah. 2011 was kind of, I mean, I guess we've done a couple European summers. But this was, but unlike, that was um, this was unlike any other, I think, for you, at least, because, so, okay, so I'm going to tell everybody what happened. I mean, I've talked about this with Shane and Bill, and I think Josh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, it's so insane. But, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, Benny had to go home for, uh, for a personal reason. There was a, you know, passing in the family. And they... So we were playing high. It was a Highfield festival in Switzerland. Greenfield, Greenfield. in Interlaken. Yes, yeah. Greenfield in Switzerland, right? And it was like two days out, and I knew that you guys were playing. And you know, the guys had been like, uh, "Do we know any drummers like that can fill in?" Because the festival wouldn't let them. They wouldn't let them play acoustic and still get the guarantee. It was one of those things like politics, yeah. whatever, you know, that, that that fucking horse shit. And hopefully that shit changes because fuck that. Anyway. So, it was one of those things where they were like, "Do you know any drummers?" and I was like, "Let me look at the lineup." And I look and I'm like, "Well, one of the best drummers I know is actually playing that same day and he's playing at a completely different time than you guys. But let me I can hit him up." And they're like, whoa oh shit really like silverstein's like they were like they because they they know they knew you guys like alex the bass player is like was a massive is is probably still a massive fan but yeah he's like you know and yeah i remember hitting you up and i was like hey uh weird question can you fill in for gaslight anthem on drums for i think i asked you at first to do the whole set and you were like uh and then what ended up happening is we split it up between three drummers. We split it up between you, you started it, and then Timmy played next, and then uh, the drum tech our, yeah, finished our, it. I think yeah, our drum tech monitor guy Marv played the end. So let yeah, what was and we all know who was on stage, so we can uh, reveal that in a minute. But yeah, man, what was that like for you? So let me know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously super familiar with the band. Um, Josh was like kind of in our band, the first Gaslight Anthem fan. It would play like, was it the first record or whatever? Like, the early, yeah, yeah, like a ton in the van and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think at that time, they weren't really playing much of those songs at all. No. So maybe, no. probably not really at all. They right? probably played so, like one or two, but I don't think yeah. you played any of them. <laughs> so, like, so those were only songs I really knew of, but I never like had thought about musically. Like, mm-hmm. I never thought like, how would I play those songs? It was just like, I don't know. So that's it. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So when that record, whatever record they were touring at the time, that, that was all the songs that I hadn't listened to it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know the songs. So we had, a, we had a day off the day before. Um, I want to say we were probably somewhere in Germany or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had about a full 24 hours to prepare. Mm-hmm. So I just got the songs on my phone or my iPod, whatever I was doing yeah, whatever, at the time, my headphones and whatever we were doing that day. Like, I remember like, it's like, Oh, we're going to go for food. And I'm like, all right guys, I'll be with you. But I'm just gonna put my headphones in and like, listen to these songs. And I'd like make little notes to like map out the structures of the songs mm-hmm. and like, kind of like, so I like, okay, so that's a transition. That's a, that's a fill. Okay, cool. I got all that stuff. Um, and I was like kind of trying to memorize it and like, they didn't play with a click track. So I was going off of like record tempos and I'm like, I guess I'm going to try to play it at this speed and try to figure it out, whatever, you know? So 
And then like I had learned the songs in whatever order, probably alphabetically, because that's just how things work. Yep. So I was like, and so I kind of came in with my set list and they're like, well, I guess we'll do it that way. It was very like, that's the way you want to do it. I'm like, I don't know, guys. Like, yeah, you wrote the set every- list essentially. You were like, okay, <laughs> yeah. this is what I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, in this order, we'll play those songs. And yeah, we didn't have a sound check. We didn't have nope. a rehearsal. Nope. <laughs> Literally, I think maybe we're like seeing Brian at breakfast and he's like, hey, you got this? I'm like, I guess so. He's like, well, just whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, dude. We'll see. That's right. But, um, that sounds yeah, like Brian. It was, yeah, it was like, it was very like, like just wide grin. Just like, yeah. I don't know. Just like, hey, but, we're going uh, to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Um yeah, and then just got up there. We line checked. the The drum kit was not very familiar. Was set up much different than I would have. But it was like, I don't have time. You know, those changeovers at festivals are fifteen twenty minutes. They're so um, quick. And monitor wise too. I like. I was like, I needed to hear everything. I needed to, to hear what the song because I, I knew the parts. But yeah, it was pretty nuts to uh, to do that because I've never filled in really for anyone uh, ever and definitely not without practicing yeah and like not at like a main stage slot at like you know four o'clock in the afternoon yeah where it's like okay like there's gonna be a lot of people here and i'll never forget you started the set but it was funny because like alex and uh alex and alex and brian had to adjust because you were playing it the exact tempo that it was on the record, and they are used yeah. to just fucking like you know Benny's Benny's pace. Yeah. And I I remember like they all were like I could see all of them, and they were like they like knew like okay like this is what yeah he's playing it like the record, and it was like slowed down and and then uh, special guest. So wh- I gotta know what so what what because wh- we still haven't talked about this. When you saw this person on stage, like, what was your first thought? So, you're playing drums, you look over to your right, and this person's yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, all I knew is that, like, Foo Fighters were there, the bands were kind of friendly with each other, but I, from what I understood is they hadn't, uh, Dave and, and, and the guys hadn't seen Gaslight play, or at least, yeah, we hadn't maybe met ever. Them yet. We hadn't met them yeah. yet. And yeah, like, we originally asked Dave to play drums, and he was like... Honestly, like, I mean, not we, the band, but he was like, honestly, like, I love you guys, and I just, I don't have enough time, like, and I would fuck it up, so, like, thank you, but, like, I can't do it, so. Yeah. He was the first person that was asked, I gotta say. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fine, yeah. So, I, so I think, I think what was told to me was that Dave might be watching the set. That's all I got, isn't it? So, I was like, whatever. Like, I'm just so focused on like, yeah, I don't care getting, getting through this. And the fact too, is like, I still had to play my set with Silverstein exactly. like right after. So like, I'm thinking, I'm like, I just have a lot of stuff going through my brain and the way that I memorize drum parts. It's like, it's really hard to like do anything else. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I wasn't looking over there. I was very like hyper-focused and just like, okay, just like checking down the songs. Like, okay, I can get through all the songs. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing too is remember how they start, right? Like yeah, that's the hardest of thing. Of course, yeah. But but uh, yeah, no. So I, I I didn't look anywhere else but to the band and to the crowd while I was playing. Um, I saw people congregating to the right of me, but yeah, like literally finished. You know, I think the band thanked me. You know, I was like, yeah, thanks so much. Walked off, 
And the first person that was there was Dave, like smiling, like, that was awesome, man. I'm Dave. Nice to meet you. And it's like, dude, you don't, I know who you are, but it was so cool. And he was like, man, I, I heard you filled in. That's so awesome. And I was like, yeah, I play in a band called Silverstein. We're playing later. And it was just so awesome. He was like, that's so great. And then next thing I know is Taylor Hawkins is beside me and he's introducing himself to me. So the two biggest drum heroes in the world introduced themselves to me. That's how humble they are. And we're so cool. And, uh, and yeah, it was just like the best experience. And then I had to walk literally across the entire field to go set up my own drum kit to play for the Silverstein set. While the rest of everybody's still on stage partying with Dave and watching Gaslight and drinking beers and having the best time of their lives. And then, yeah, played to a much smaller crowd on our stage uh, about an hour later. And, and, and Alex from Gaslight did a stage dive and completely ate shit. Remember that? Do you remember he like jumped out of the crowd? I think his leg is still fucked up from that. <laughs> he like literally like stage dove like, but jumped out like feet first, and nobody caught him. And he just I me and I think me and Perkins like looked and we saw him like land, and we were like, why did he just do that? Like, what just happened? Like, what? But I remember that day was like, and because we ran into each other a few times on that festival run. Like that was when yeah, that was when you guys were like. I remember Neil was like, we got to take Danny out. And you guys were all like, I don't know. We bailed on this tour. We don't know. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then finally, like, it was like, all right, we're doing this ABR tour. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah, I think I think they were probably, uh, it wasn't Gaslight back in the studio yeah, then, 2012. Yeah, they were recording, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they were recording that. Yeah. yeah. So they were in Nashville. Yeah, and then it was like, yeah, we had this tour, yeah, which was super long. Yeah, it was ABR perfect. Lost. It was like two months and in a bandwagon. Yeah. And apparently this was the first bandwagon tour ever. So that's crazy <laughs> yeah. to me. But, I mean, that, so was, nice. that was a fun tour. That was like just, oh, my God, dude. Like shit that was the abr guys are just a blast and who else like oh texas in july was on that i think those kids yeah. those kids were nice i don't remember, i don't i don't stay in touch with any of those guys but i'm you know they were they were cool as fuck yeah yeah no that was that was a crazy time yeah 2012 and then yeah that really kind of ended that really ended the first chapter i think of us and yeah yeah it's nuts yeah it was it was great man it was such a fucking oh god well all right i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go because we have so many more things we're 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 gonna be we're we're doing season two so so we got got renewed for season two so we're gonna we'll we'll just get you back because we don't want to tell everything right you mean kenny got some more hard drive space is that what that means yeah kenny got some more hard hard drive space (laughs) and we're moving it up to my apartment actually so the next season is going to be a different background there's not going to be guitars i don't know how to play in the background it's going to be perfect (laughs) there's going to be probably yes it's very gear heavy for for a guy who's not such a gearhead right not such a gearhead i'm a no gearhead i don't know anything i know kenny will sit there and tell me about guitars and i'm like I you can you might as well be speaking fucking like Hebrew to me because I don't do not yeah. know what the fuck you're talking about. So, yeah. but yeah, dude, this was fucking great, man. I'm so dude. I'm we've been trying to do this for months, so I'm glad this finally fucking. Yeah, happened. I literally had the two craziest months probably of the pandemic. Yeah, and it was it was a nice distraction uh, from yeah. everything. So yeah, yeah, things are kind of entering a new a new part of the the time for us. That's so, great, man. Good. Well, it's good. I mean, like I love seeing what I dude, and I love seeing that you guys are still just fucking keeping it up man like even talking to all you guys separately i'm like man these guys have not changed and that's a good thing like these guys have kind of been who they are and you know i mean you've changed but in the best possible ways all of you like i think and like it's cool man like it's just it's great to like be like 
just have a bird's eye view of like your lives and like how far everybody's come and it's it's great totally. man like i love it like and yeah i gotta get to canada soon like i'll be up there at some point <laughs> yeah I, I i mean i look forward to to when shows come back do you think you're gonna tour again this year with with tour coming back like i'll do it and under circumstances, but like I love, like you mean when we call you for for like when you call uh, reunion, yeah. When you call me for the thirty year reunion, the thirty year <laughs> Silverstein tour, your boy's yeah. there, and I'll be fifty. Oh my god! Who knows? Wait, in ten years? No, I'll be. Oh no, ten years. I'll be. I'll be forty eight. Yeah, that's all right. I don't it's care. Fine. Yeah, that's still cool. I could. St- I, I, I could still tour. I think. I, I'm. I'm still in. Uh, I'm still in all right shape. I think I could definitely make it work. <laughs> but uh, yep. yeah, this was great, man. And like, yeah, we'll be in touch more. But uh, yeah, we got. We'll, 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 we'll talk about season two. <laughs> all right, sounds good. All right, brother. Have a good night, man. Appreciate it. Peace. Stories, an all-access podcast, is hosted by me, Danny Dell Donuts. It is produced by Kenneth Fletcher. Our theme music is Storms by Personnel. Learn more about what we are doing for the touring community at stories.net. That's stories.net, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S.net.